you enjoyed the worship today? The, the band, they did such a great job. I'm so proud of this team. They're such a, a great, talented group of people. Um, and um, I've just, I was ready for this like a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, but then we had this great time outside. And don't you love when God just kind of surprises you and it doesn't go according to your plan? <laughs> and you're, let, you're, you're like, wow, this is so much better. <laughs> you know, this is amazing. So uh, we, we had a great time there. And I, I, am, I am so excited and glad to be a part of Exalt Church. I love hearing week after week what God is doing, the lives that are being touched. I love seeing new faces, and I feel like every week I come and there's new faces, and I'm like, I don't know you, but hey, I'm really glad you're here. And so it's awesome. Um, and, I, and I've just thoroughly enjoyed being a, a part um, of exalt, and so when Roger uh, asked me first when he said, "Hey, I want you to I want you to speak," my first thought is, um, "I want to talk about worship." It kind of goes hand in hand, right? Worship leader, worship pastor, right? Okay, that's what I. So yeah, I uh, so, and you might be kind of a little put off wondering about the title. It's all about Sunday, or it's not all about Sunday, and we're going to talk about that. But my question is: is what is Worship. What does that mean? What does it look like? Um, and if that, you know, if that case, worship, you know, worship leader, um, was what, or what's that supposed to do? What's what's my what's the job description? What is a worship pastor actually supposed to do? I don't know. Um, so I started trying to think about this um, logically, as I do not well. Um, but um, feel free to you know. I know, listen, I have teenage boys, dad jokes are in rare, I mean, they just, they're just strong with this one, I can't help it, okay, so they're stupid jokes, but laugh at me, just make me feel better. Um, so anyway, um, worship leader, what does that look like? Um, so think about this logically, um, lead pastor, we've got a picture here, this is actually, it's kind of hard to tell, but that's Roger. And uh, he, he came down to North Carolina, uh, our neck of the woods, one day, and we, uh, the boys and I were out there, and, and Roger was leading the way. He was showing some North Carolina boys how to love people for Jesus, and um, <laughs> this is me. So my, my, my thought was this, okay, so the lead pastor leads, then the worship pastor Worships, right? Yeah, okay. It's, it's not rocket surgery. <laughs> and I, so I sent this to Roger and I told him, okay, uh, I've got a couple of explanations for this. On one side, it's like, dude, you're on your own. And the other one, but I told him this is the, this is, this is the worship pastor's side. I am praying a hedge of protection yeah. around him. <laughs> and so, yeah, I saw that picture and I thought immediately, I, that's... It looks like I'm worshiping, right? Okay, we're going just a little bit fast here. Um, this looks like worship to me. Okay, yes, yeah, keep it right there for me just for just a minute. Um, I see that, and I think worship because, for one, I have my hand raised. Now, listen close because I'm going to go, I'm going to give some balance here, okay? I'm going to go back and forth just a couple of things. But I grew up in, uh, I grew up in, in, uh, in an era where I, I love to raise my hands. I, I do it. I do it especially when I worship God. I also find it that I do it at a football game. Um, 
I do it um, just because I'm excited in the moment, and I get to celebrate rarely because my name is Tony and I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> and so it doesn't happen often, but when we get a touchdown, I'm like, yes! <laughs> you know, so, um, but I love to worship and I love, I love to just focus completely on God and I want, I just want him to know that I'm not afraid to let people know that I am for him and that I'm worshiping him. And that's why I love raising my hands. I love, I, I get to, it's so rare that I feel like I get to be out here and, and enjoy the worship team. They did such a great job today. And I'm just like, yes, I love it. I was back there worshiping during, um, uh, during rehearsal and, and I just, I just, I love, I love worshiping God. And I, I'm not afraid who knows it and sees it. And I wasn't always that way because I used to, you know, some of us, you, we can be honest, we're, we all do this. We get in, um, so we kind of, sometimes I like the lights on, sometimes I like them dim because if they're dim, then people can't see what I'm doing as much, yeah. right? And, so, and I don't want to be the weird one. It's too late, but still, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the weird one that is like, uh, you know, where, because especially as a kid, a lot of times it'd be like, he's, he's going to raise, if he raises his hands, I'm raising mine. He's ready. He's red. Nope, scratching his nose. <laughs> right? Don't we do that way? We're, sometimes we're so focused on what everybody else is doing that we forget the main reason of worship. And that is what I want to get to today. So go to this next picture as well. Because a lot of times when I'm in here worshiping, I'm looking for Patrick. This picture, believe it or not, is actually Patrick. Oh, no, 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 no. Go back. Go back for me. Okay, so just wait here for like, it's like five seconds. One, two. There we go. So, <laughs> All right, and this is this is Patrick. This is Patrick back with the youth right now. I love watching Patrick worship. I love it because we get up here and we're singing a glorious day. He called my name and I came out of that grave and I look at and I see Patrick and he's like, yes, and I'm like, yes. Then I'm not the only weird one and I can worship God too, right? I love worship. I love to glorify God. Now, I have to be careful because I equate worship with that. And if I'm not careful, especially as a worship leader, when we're up here and we're singing and we're pouring out our heart and I see some people and they're just kind of like, because I get it. You're still, some, of, some of you are still trying to figure this thing out. Like, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure if I, first of all, I'm not sure if I believe in all this God stuff. And that dude is weird. So, you know, I, I get it, you know, but sometimes it, it is hard when I see that. And I'm just like, they're not really into it. Okay, so that's fine. Um, but what I have to get, what I have to realize for myself is that worship doesn't have to look, what, look like what I think it should look like. And I, look, so I'm going to give you the end point first, okay? Here's the, here's the end point of all of this. What God wants to happen is he wants us to get worship and everything we do outside of this little box. That we think it has to look a certain way and it has to be a certain way. And if it doesn't make me feel a certain way, then it's not of God, it's not worship. But yet, I put him in a box every time. You with me? All right, so this idea of worship... What is it? Does, does there have to be a requirement? Is it supposed to be and look exactly a certain way? 
We say no, and I hope that I always act like that. I agree. I, I hope that I do, but yet sometimes I still find myself, um, boy, I try not to judge people, especially when they're on the road. And I know they're judging me because I'm in the car going, yes, I will worship. <laughs> I'm in the car, and they, they're like, well, that dude is weird, I'm telling you. But I... If I'm not careful, I'm judging somebody's experience because their worship doesn't look like mine. And what I have to be careful of, because again, there's a balance, because I want you to be free. My heart, what I hope for and I want to see, and I, again, it's, I'm basing it off of my own experience, but I want to look out one day and I want to see like every hand raised and everybody's just focusing completely on God. They're not worrying about the person next to them. They're not worrying about what people think. And I realize that that can look different. Some people can just sit there and cry and they're having a moment with God and that is awesome. But I, that's what I want. When we worship, I want you to have a moment with God where it's just you and Him and so, but the problem is so many times we've put requirements and we, we feel like it's got to be this certain way and worship is probably one of the biggest things that people in church get picky about. Are you with me? We have the whole worship wars of the 90s and it's got to be this kind of music or it's got to be that kind of music. The lights are good, it's got to be on, the lights got to be down, it's got to be loud, it's got to be soft. If it doesn't make me feel this way and if it doesn't give me goosebumps, all of these things and we get picky about it. And churches have split because of worship styles. People get upset at one another. And even this, do you realize that the very first murder happened because of a difference in worship style. Well, then people take worship seriously. Cain and Abel. Familiar with the story? Cain and Abel? All right. Look at this. Genesis chapter 4. It says, When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, tending sheep, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Now, this was, became a, the style of worship. You read throughout Scripture, they, they came before God and they offered offerings. And it talks about offerings and sacrifices all down through Scripture. This was how they connected with God. This is how they had that moment with God. This was what worship looked like. They would have sacrifices and offerings and they did it all down through Scripture. What I tend to think, though, is that I don't think that that's what God wanted His worship to look like. For us to have to have this sacrifice and this offering, and I have to bring this. If you go back a chapter, in chapter 3, where Cain and Abel's parents says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing... The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. They heard him. And this was something that God, they recognized it was God just because of the sound. Now, sometimes whether it's the voice or the sound of his walking, they recognized it was God just because they didn't see him yet. They hadn't actually laid eyes on him, but yet they heard him and they knew it was God. And the 
the habit was that they would run to meet him and they would walk and talk in the garden. And that is what I believe God wanted as worship. He didn't want to have, necessarily didn't have to have a bunch of fancy stuff and he didn't want to have to, this big pomp and circumstance and sacrifices and all these other things. He just wanted to walk and talk with the people he created. He just wanted to be with us. That was his whole heart. That's all he's ever wanted is just to, just to have a relationship just to talk with us, just to look us in the face and let us get to know him and his heart and, and him talk to us. How was your day? What's it been like? How can I help? That's, that's the kind of relationship God wanted. And they, they heard him just because, I mean, they, they recognized it was him just because they heard the sound of God. God had their full attention and they had his. And that right there is to me is a definition of worship. It's just a fully devoted, full attention on God, not caring about what anybody else thinks. I don't care what, if I look weird or not, my focus is on Jesus and God alone. But then something happened. And their attention got pulled away. And then maybe it was an enticement of, you know, you know don't you want to, you know, do you really want to have to depend on God for everything? You know, you can be good too. You can be seen as good. You can be seen as smart and intelligent. And you're a great person. You don't need God. And their attention, they're focused on God. And then suddenly their attention gets pulled away. And then when God, go back to that verse, God comes down in the cool of the day, the best part of the day. It was, it's kind of the idea that this is the best part of God's day too. He, he longed to just walk with his people. And he comes down to talk with his people. And suddenly they're not there. Why? Because the moment their attention got pulled away from God suddenly they started paying attention to themselves. And I'm not good enough. I'm self-conscious. I'm not worthy enough because I'm, because I'm naked. I'm, I, they, they, this whole time, they had been naked before God and there was nothing wrong. They, did, they didn't have to worry about being worthy or not. They just focused on God and they were worthy to be in his presence. And suddenly now... All their attention is focused on themselves and they're not good enough. Do you see what happens when our attention gets pulled away from God? We get self-conscious. We start worrying about what the other, is he going to raise his hand? Is he not? What's he going to do? And God's response, it's one of those just verses that breaks my heart. God comes down and he says, where are you? This is, this, is what I, this is what I created all of this for, just so I could be with you. Where are you? And they tell him, well, we hid because we were naked. So, that's how we go from what God wanted for worship, and suddenly we go to the way worship is now. Because see, now that our attention is no longer fully on God, now we have to, not only can we, we can't just come before God by ourselves. we have to come with God 
with something else because we're not no longer good enough by ourselves. It has to be me and this offering, me and this gift because I'm not good enough on my own. And so they would bring this offering. So let's jump back to Cain and Abel. It says, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops to the Lord. And Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. So they, they bring, and I'll talk here in just a minute about the idea that um, why there's a difference in worship here. They, and there, there, there is, but it's maybe not necessarily what you think. Because this next response, I didn't like this story as a kid. When I heard about it and I read about it, Sunday school, all these things, I didn't like this story. In verse 4, it says, The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. I'm like, well, what about Cain? I mean, he brought a gift just like Abel did, right? He brought something to God and he wanted to offer. He, he was there. Why has it got to be such a big deal? Why can't God accept him too? There's a couple of things I want you to notice though. First of all, and I'll talk about translation here in a second because I just kind of feel like it's one of those unfortunate maybe translations. I get what it is saying and I get it. But we'll talk about that. But he says, nope, go back. The verse, there we go. Thank you. Um, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. See, for God, it's not just about the gift. See, we focus on the gift. We focus on the kind of worship we bring, the kind of music we do, all of these things. And God, yes, the gift is there, but he's also focused on the person. He accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. But this word here for accepted the word literally means to gaze upon, to look upon. The Lord looked upon Abel and his gift. And it's kind of the idea that because of the way Abel came before him, it caught God's attention. It caught his, he just, I can't look away. Because this person, this is, this, this is what I want. This person cares more about me than the, than the gift that they bring. And, they, and he says that he gave the very best gift. He gave the best of the best of his flocks. And to the point that they were killed, I can't have them back anymore because, God, you are more important than anything that I have. And Cain just brought some of his crops. And while they both brought a gift, it wasn't the same thing. Because Abel, his full attention was on God. And he says, God, I want you to have, I know that you have given me everything I have. And what I give when I worship you, I want you to have back. Because you are more important than anything I can ever have. But Cain came just because, well, this is what we're supposed to do. This is the way it's supposed to look like. I know I'm supposed to go to church on Sunday. I know I'm supposed to come. We're supposed to sing three songs and a prayer, and then have some announcements, and then we're going to have the message, and we're going to go home and go about with our lives. This is what we do, right? Hasn't it become 
Sunday after Sunday, this is just part of, you know, this is where God resides. This isn't God's in his little box and God's in church and that's where, he, and we'll go visit him on Sunday and then the rest of the time we're going to go back. It's just something that I pencil in and I may or may not make it, but, you know, that's where God is and that's where I worship him. It's not worship if God doesn't have our full attention. It's not worship if it's because, God, I just want you. Now, I, and I'm probably going to go back and forth. There's a balance here. I get it. I want us to be careful that we're not trying to get, we're trying to come in and earn something. And I'm going to talk more about that here in just a second. But at the same time, do you realize God just wants you? He doesn't care about all the things. And I... I can get uptight on Sundays. I'm worried. I want, to, I, want to, uh, I want to make sure that I do everything for the band so that they can be ready. I want to make sure that we have the, the mics are set up and the words are right and, and all of these things. And, and sometimes Sundays I feel like I don't ever get to uh, fellowship with people much because I'm just kind of here and I'm here and I'm going and I can't focus. I've got, I've got to try to get it right because I want people to focus on God. And if I'm not careful... I myself can get so focused on what I do for him that I miss him. Half-hearted worship is an oxymoron. There's no such, there really is no such thing. If, we, if we're going to come, we need to worship because he is everything. Because it's not about us. Sometime back when I, was, when I was pastoring, had a missionary from Africa that came to the United States. So just kind of let that sink in for a minute. Because usually we think about, oh, we need to send missionaries over to Africa. But he came from Africa to the United States. And he told me this. We were driving in the car, and he says, you know, you in America, you, you worship God because you love him. We worship him because we need him. We don't have our next meal without him. We don't have, he is our breath, he is our life, he is, I need him. He's everything to me. Yes, I love him, but he's also my need. I need Jesus in my life. Come back to Cain and Abel just a second. Jump forward about a few thousand years. Jesus is on the scene. And now, remember Cain got upset because worship service didn't go the way he thought it should. Now it's the Pharisees who is ups they're upset because Jesus' disciples aren't following the ceremonial rituals and washing. They're washing the way they wash their hands and the cups and all of those things. They're not doing it right. Jesus tell them they're not doing it right. Anybody ever feel like that in church? Come on. I do. I do. I'm going to be honest. I know I do. And if I can, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not, you've got to raise your hands. It's not right. Jesus quotes Isaiah to them. And this is what he says. Listen to this, because this is, ah. So he quotes Isaiah and says, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, 
but their hearts are far from me, and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. All right, am I getting too deep? Y'all still with me? Everybody, wave your hand at me or something. No? Thank you. All right, cool, good. All right. He says, there, look at how he says it in, in, in Matthew chapter 15. This is what Jesus, how Jesus words. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. It, it, it's not worship. It doesn't mean much if all you're trying to do is be seen by people. Or if you're just trying to do what is supposed required of you. So I go here on Sunday and I do this and I, I've done my duty for God to the day, for the day and for the week even and now I'm going to go home and we'll go on with the rest of my life. And Jesus says it's a farce. It's not what God wanted. We know how to worship. We know what we're supposed to do. We stand at the right times. We sit at the right times. And we, and we, we do all these things. We take up offering. We, we do a nice little song and we, then we move on. And I'm guilty of, as I said before, I can be so guilty of, of looking out and expecting a response. And if I don't see the response that I think people should have, then I think, well, that worship service didn't go very well. All the while... While everybody else, in true, and maybe sometimes I've been in worship services plenty of times where I don't necessarily feel anything. But there may have been one. And God will change a service. He will orchestrate a service. He will prepare a service just for one person. For one person. He says, I want you. Yes, I know the 99 love me, and I'm, I'm there for them. I'm going to be with them, but that one needs me, and I'm going to change everything if it's just to meet that one. Yes, amen. See, we keep making it about us. If it makes me feel good, if I get something out of it, then it was a good service. But see, the word worship itself means worthship. It means that he is worthy. It's not about me. And whether or not I feel it or not, he is worthy of worship. And he deserves praise and glory and honor because of who he is. <laughs> Stephen Furtick said this. He says, worship means the most when we feel it the least. When it's not about me, when I can get myself out of the way. Abel caught God's attention because his attention was fully on him and he didn't worry about what it needed to be like, he gave the absolute best, and it wasn't about the blessing he got from it. See, that's what happened to Cain. Cain changed because he didn't get the blessing that he wanted to get, and suddenly he's upset and angry. But Abel just wanted to worship God. Just want to worship him. My attention is on him. I love that one of our values here 
is that we see a community that exists not for itself, but for Jesus Christ and the world. What we do here is not about keeping church people happy. And I love that. Now, we love you, and we do a lot of things to try to make sure that you have a great experience. We want you to encounter God, and we work hard Sundays. We get up early, and we get here so that we can, in the setup team, oh my goodness, I, I'm so thankful for the setup team, the work that they put in week after week to set up the curtains and the lights and, and help bring in the chairs and, and move uh, just a bunch of heavy stuff. Um, Wanda today was, I believe it was... was uh, one of you, I can't remember which one, sorry, was carrying a huge roll of carpet. She had one end and Corn had the other. And I was like, do I need help? He's like, nope, I got it. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. I felt bad though. I'm like, I should be helping. <laughs> they work hard. We work hard to make so that you can have a moment where you can forget about everything else and focus your attention on God. But the moment we shift and we start, and, and, and think, I haven't seen, haven't seen notes, you know, complaints that, you know, it needs to be this way or that way. I haven't seen that, and I'm excited about that. I'm thankful for that. But the moment we start shifting and we start getting upset because it didn't go the way that I thought it should, we will always err on the side of winning the one who needs him. We will focus on those who need Jesus I'm glad that you are here, and I'm so thankful that you are going to get a part and join and serve, but realize not every Sunday is going to make you happy. You with me? You still love me? Okay, all right, all right. Okay, Whew. getting deep. All right, what? Ha! Ah, we really? Only have five minutes? Ah, okay. Um, all right, so... All right, so God tells Cain, he says, You're, um, he says, why are you angry? Don't you know that if you do what is right? And again, that, um, he says, you'll be accepted. Basically, you'll be lifted up. But that word, if you do what is right, it is not just about doing, again, a requirement. We have to be careful that I'm trying to earn a blessing from God because it's not about that. But doing what is right giving my best. That same word is also in Psalm 33. It says, sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully. Give your absolute best. Give what's in you within your talents, the talents that God has given you. Give him your best. Sing with joy. I love what we do on Sunday. I love that we can, that, that we my, again, my heart is to create this moment where you can have a moment with God. That you can focus on Him. And God wants to use us, and we plan. We have Thursday night rehearsals every week, and we, we, we get there so that we can we, we encourage each other, we pray with each other. And that song, the, that I Will Worship You, the, the Fill This Place that we sang, uh, the first time I introduced that was on, uh, was in a Thursday night. I was like, listen to this song, I love this song. And we just started playing it, started listening to it, and then the band, because they're that good, just starts picking it up, starts playing along, and we start worshiping right in the middle of our rehearsal time. And I'm like, and that's what I want. And we, we have those rehearsals so we can prepare for Sunday. But what I want you to realize is that I want us to get away from the idea of Sunday being the main event. 
Yes, I want to prepare because I want you to have that moment with God. I want us to not be distracted. I want us, I tell the band all the time, I want us to be good enough that people leave and they realize it's not about us and they don't even notice us. They're focused and what an amazing God rather than what an amazing band. I don't want to be a distraction that gets in the way. I want you to focus on him. And, and we will work and prepare and do all of that so we can have that moment. But then Sunday, we get here and we pray with one another. We encourage one another. We have a worship moment. And worship is not just about what we do during the singing. It's worship and Roger speaking and, and serving. It's all of it. Worship is beyond get outside of the box. It's not just about what we sing. Worship is everything we do. Amen? Sorry, I feel like I'm trying to rush here. So, because um, when, I, when, I when, I, when I first started thinking about, oh, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about this, and I only got like 35 minutes. So, um, <laughs> we could do a whole series. I'm serious. It would, I, I, but because it's important to me. This is important to me. What I want you to see is what God wants us to do. Worship, Sunday is not the main event. Sunday is our rehearsal. We get together so that we can rehearse together and work together and encourage each other and help you help you get work on what you're working on and you can help me with what I'm working on so that we have this beautiful worship moment. And then when we step outside the doors, the real worship begins as we walk and we go to our family and we go to our work and we go to our home. All of those things, that is worship and that's what God wants. Amen? So this... All right, so I'm going I'm to bring this in for a landing. <laughs> that moment, when we focus completely on him, as I said before, that's what God wanted all along. That is his goal of everything. Our relationship with him, that is the ultimate goal. And that's exactly what worship is, to just focus on him. This ver is a verse that if you ever try to quote scripture at all, it's probably usually one of the very first verses anybody ever tries to learn. And it's John 3.16. And it says, for God so loved the world. And we'll let you get back there. I think there we go. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have what? Eternal life. And we focus on that. And again, we start, we want to put that inside of a little box. Well, that's just heaven, and one day I'll get there, and one day, right? Don't, and sometimes it's what our mind is. We think about eternal life, and it's just one day out there somewhere, I'll finally be able to give God my full attention. But this is not what Jesus prayed. When he said in John 17, 3, Jesus prays, and he says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is the goal of everything for us to know him. That is the worship. That is what he wants. And this, this knowing is not just a head knowledge. It's an experience. I know, I know the sound of him walking in the garden because I have walked with him and I've met with him and I've talked with him because I know him. Katrina, good job of following me because I think I've jumped all around, but that's all right. Danny and I, a couple weeks ago, Danny and I celebrated 19 years of marriage. Yeah. 
And uh, we met in college. It was a Bible college. And the first, you know, first thing that attracted me about her was that long red hair. I just, I love it. <laughs> and it was first one of the things. I want to talk about that. But I want to say this because I tease her about this all the time. There was another girl there who pointed at me and told Danny, she's like, oh, I'm going to marry him. And this is Danny's response. I love this. This is Danny's response. This is Bible college. Why are you here? He is not all that. I never literally live that down. <laughs> Sometime when we have a moment, you'll have to, to have to tell you about some, some of the things I said to her about the time. <clears throat> weren't the greatest, greatest of pickup lines. Um, but I mentioned the long red hair, but that wasn't really the main thing that caught my attention about Danny. Somebody would ask her to pray or read scripture. And suddenly it just seemed like the room changed. Suddenly everything else fell away. And it wasn't about everybody else. You could hear it in the tone of her voice. She was focused fully on God. And he was her heart. And I knew that at most I'd be playing for second place. And I was okay with that. She loves God. She has a... She, she is sold out completely. Talking about like Patrick uh, and him worshiping and just not caring about anybody else think. And that's what got my attention. I saw that and that's the kind of person I want in my life. See, what the world needs to see is worship that is fully captivated by God. Not what just makes good TV. Not what just makes us feel good, but worship that is so totally sold out. Focused on him and him alone. And I asked Nathan to come because I want us to do something right quick. All right? I love that last song we sang, Fill This Place. It says, Father, we're on our knees. And... And I love the song, the words just slipped my mind. Can you put that, go back to that, uh, Father, we're on our knees, that part. Um, basically, but it comes down and it says, Lord, fill this place. And I know that sometimes in our church side, we think, oh, fill this place. We're talking about this room. But my prayer is when we sing that and we praise God that it's, Lord, fill this place. Fill me. Because what I need more of is not more money and more fame and more talent and more everything. What I need more of is you. Jesus, I want that relationship with you. Can you go back to that? Go back to the words. You can, um, that's fine. Go, um, yeah, for, skip forward to the chorus for me. Father, we're on our knees. Father, we're on our knees. A spirit with every heartbeat we bring you this offering. Lord, come and fill this place. And Father, we're crying out. And Spirit, we need you now. Glorious love surrounds us. Lord, come and fill this place. Why don't you stand with me for this moment? And I want you to take this moment 
And I want you to forget about everything else. I know you got lunch afterwards and you got work and you got all these things, but just for this moment, focus on just God. Give him your full attention for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Father, we're on our knees with every heartbeat we bring you this offering. Lord, come and fill this place. Father, we're crying out. Spirit, we need you now. Glorious love surrounds us. Lord, come and fill this place. Lord, we worship you. God, we praise your name. Lord, thank you, God. Give you all that I And I will worship you, I'll worship you, I'll worship you always. And I will worship you, I'll worship you, I'll worship you. sing it out. And I will worship you. I'll worship you. I'll worship you always. Oh Lord, I will worship you. I'll worship you. I'll worship you. we thank you because you are what we want. Help me to remember that. Help me not to get so focused on my agenda and what I want, but to worship you. Jesus, you came so that I could know God fully and I'd never have to bring anything else. I can come to God full and worthy and in joy and in peace because Jesus has already paid it all and I can just focus and on and worship you. Lord, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus.